Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I said, you're a crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Gate 7 International by the fans, for the fans. Here we are again, ladies and gents. Big one tomorrow. Crucial tie against Apollon Limassol, champions of Cyprus. We have a special guest with us today. I'm going to bring him in in a moment. Before that, Labros Irmos is back. I'm people back. Were, people were wondering, Labro, where are you? Like the last, the yeah. last few pods. What's, I think what's it's been a few on, as well. I, uh, oof, what is going on? Fuck me. Uh, so I did not have COVID, but I had something. I couldn't even, the game uh, with, uh, Bratislava, I was like, I couldn't even speak. I was trying to get on. I was like, I couldn't speak. I literally could not speak. So I couldn't make it. And also I was, I had a fever guys. I had a fever and the penalties I wasn't seeing straight. I was so nervous. My heart was beating. I had a fever and I was sitting on my couch. I was like about to die. So I didn't make it. And then this past weekend I went to Bologna in Italy to visit my good friend. Um, yeah. But good to be back on the pod and hopefully a win tomorrow night. I'm happy to talk about everything and anything tonight. So, All right. Well, fair to say we don't want another encounter like we had uh, last Thursday, although yeah, it's not going to extra time or penalties tomorrow. Yeah. I think we're all hoping for some kind of clear result tomorrow. Uh, in reality, we probably know it's not going to be as, as easy as that. But let's yeah. see. Uh, like I said, we do have... Good friend of ours coming back on the show after after a while before we bring him on. Thanks for all the support we've been getting, guys, uh, over the last few weeks, months even. it's It's been amazing here at the show, bringing in more and more people. Hit that like button if you haven't done so already. Spread the word, spread the love across the world. Gate 7 International bringing together Olympiakos fans from all over the planet. We are over 1,800 subscribers. Big target to get to 2,000. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so. And with that, I'm going to bring in Stel Stiliano from the No Choftes podcast. Stel, what's going on, my friend? Well, you got a Spanish coach now, so I can say good evening. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> good yeah. evening, Stel. <laughs> before we kind of dive into it just for people that haven't seen you before on the show just tell us a little bit about like no chuff this what's it about tell us a little bit about the show i should i should really have a script when it comes to describing no chuff honestly I, I should be reading it like i'm a telesales person you know? what does no um, chuff this no even mean like i know what it means well, but chuff is a cypriot village word for nonsense or vlagies Malakias, yeah. And um, it's a common word used, well, probably not so much these days because everyone speaks modern Greek. Well, most people speak modern Greek in, in Cyprus. Um, but yeah, so it, all of this stemmed from some Instagram videos that I did 
three or four years ago, um, I was actually talking about Omonia because one of my friends who you know, Matt, uh, was at Omonia at the time. And uh, I did a few Instagram videos, hype videos, as I like to call them, before games, talking about the players, talking about the opponents, coming up with all sorts of puns and just stupidness, man. And my daughter was pissing about on the, on the Nintendo. I said, stop fucking with the chofdes, man. And she looked at me and I was like, it clicked. I was like, Omonia, today, no chofdes, yeah? And the club uh, reposted it on their Instagram and it kind of blew up. Next thing I know, I've got like five, six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand, thousand and a half, two thousand people following me. And I just carried on with the momentum, just being stupid and prank calling up Wales offices and getting death threats and whatever. And someone approached me from OLB, which is like, they call it Omonia Lad Bible. It's a very popular Facebook page. And they said, Stel, do you want to do a, a mini podcast for us? I was like, okay. So I did like a 20 minute pod. And it got about 30,000 views on their Facebook page. And then they said, why don't you do it permanently? So I started it on my own, got a few guests like Matt and a few former players. And people started to take notice because they not, there wasn't a club-specific podcast in Cyprus before, before I started it. And the, the gimmick, so to speak, was that it's going to be in English because we've got so many supporters outside of Cyprus why not aim it at them? You know, loads of people in the UK support money, Australia, Canada. And these are people that, you know, people that have messaged us say, I'm watching life from here and there. So it kind of grew. I've got a co-host in Roy who has become one of my closest friends. He's, he was following me on Instagram. We used to just message each other. And um, yeah, he became a co-host. And then two became three when we brought Chris along. But no one really likes Chris. He's just a shit DJ. He doesn't know how to use vinyl. I mean, come on. USB, fuck is that? Um, sorry, Chris. Um, so yeah, it just grew and it grew and it grew. We've got former players on, current players on. Someone from the board came on quite re well, say recently, a few months ago. And it, it just grew and grew. And it comes to a point now where I go to Cyprus and might go to a bar or I might go to wherever and someone's going to recognize me. And um, yeah, we just have conversation. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But the support that we've had in the past three years has been incredible, man. And um yeah, through the good and the bad. Through the good and the bad. Very overwhelming, but fun. So, yeah, that's it, really. In a nutshell. Well, mate. Six, six minutes of your life, you'll never get back. Sorry, mate. No, but your podcast and what you do and how you do it is an inspiration for us. And I don't... Oh, shut that. up, you tarts. I don't, I don't mean <laughs> that... Fucking hell, man. I don't mean that just to... Like we say, mm -hmm. so, um... I'll get my balls off. Get my balls out if you want. You can play with them. I don't mind. Like... <laughs> <laughs> this is in the other room, yeah? <laughs> I told you. I told you. Whoever read the description to this YouTube episode, I told you. You're going to get good insights into Cyprus, but you're going to get lots of banter too. <laughs> so the banter's already begun and it's eight minutes in. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's what happens when you bring... Right, listen, bruv, do you know what? Yeah, sorry, sorry to stop you there. I am no, still don't. shocked... I'm still shocked that when we met up at that bar in Covent Garden, the girl said, you've got to go inside to have your drink. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> go inside. Sorry, man. <laughs> did, I, did I take my drink inside? I can't even remember. You did, bruv. You did. Don't worry. <laughs> right. I, was, I was a good citizen then. All right. Fair enough. But anyway, look, um, we want you to tell us a little bit about our upcoming opponent because we don't know much uh, besides the fact that they've they've won the championship last mm -hmm. season. It's not a traditional powerhouse. 
in Cyprus. No. Uh, no. So you guys recently played them as well in the Super Cup final. I know that was under Oof. some rather particular circumstances, both for you and Oof. for them. They were missing some players and so on and so forth. But but just like tell us a little bit about Apollon, like their background, like how they how they managed to get to the top last season, and, and in reality, like how was it for them last year? Do you know what, mate? It's, it's, it's a bit of a, not a difficult one to explain. I, I can't get my head around this club, in all fairness, because not the season just gone, the season before, they ran us close to the title. In fact, we, it went down to the penultimate game of the season. Um, we had to beat Ayak in Lannaka, which we did, and hope that Abolon wouldn't beat Olympiagos from Nicosia. And they drew two all. Um, and uh, that kind of, before that, I gave them the nickname Gurabieres, you know, those little biscuits with the, yeah, because they crumble under pressure. And I was saying that all season. And it, it, they, I think they, they brought in Bissessois on loan from Bark, and he did very well for them the back in that, of that season. So they look like they, they had the potential to go on and, and challenge for the title the following season. But then they sacked their head coach, which is what they do in, in Cyprus, you know, you, you come close to winning the title, but they, they sack you. And then they brought in this German guy, Zorniger, who I believe won a, a German cup with Stuttgart. I think he won the Danish league with Bronby. And again, it was a new, it was a new era at uh, Abolon. They brought in Andre Skembri, a former striker from, for Abolon, he's played for Moni as well, the te technical side of things. Kirzi, who's their president, invested heavily on various players. Brought in a very exciting player called Zrandi from, ah, he was from, what club was it? Club in Croatia, what are they called? Hajik Split. And um, yeah, they, they brought in Mavrias, who, as you know, was at Panathinaikos uh, before, but he was with us. He left us to go there. And they started the season well. And to be honest, they, they led the, the league for the majority of the season. But the thing is with, with this is that last season, while it was a very competitive campaign in Cyprus, I still don't know whether Abolon won the league or whether Abuel lost it. Because while Abolon was seven points clear going into the playoffs, their, their run of results was, was terrible. I mean, they didn't win for three months. They, their last victory was, I think, the 7th of February. And then the, the, the next victory was like the middle of May, I think, or something like that, when they beat Abuel. So it was, it was very strange. It was very, very strange. I mean, you guys have your own playoff system, don't you? Where you've got the top teams face each other. Is that right? In the playoffs. Like, yeah. yeah. So you have playoffs. So you have like the, the league splits, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So a similar thing, similar thing happens in Cyprus. So when the playoffs began, I think Abolon, Abolon drew six and lost one of their first seven games. They went from seven points clear to like a point clear, having to play Abuel with three games to go at home. And somehow, by some miracle, okay, the Upworld goalkeeper made a couple of mistakes. Abolon won the game. They then beat their rivals, Aris, the week later and sealed the title. Um, and their final game was against Ayek, which Ayek had to win to go second, which they did. And Abuel lost that buffer. So, again, I don't know whether Abolon just about crept over the line or was it because Abuel were just so... Okay, bad, wasteful in front of goal. Because don't get me wrong, Abuel started the season dreadfully. They lost their first three games, and then they sacked their manager, and then they brought in Abuel's former head coach Abusti. 
and he, he almost won him the title last season. So, yeah, they're, they're, look, they're a good team, but uh, another managerial change. They sacked Zorniger a couple of weeks ago after losing to, was it Maccabi? I think they lost, didn't they? They lost to Maccabi. Yeah. And they brought in Gadala, a Spanish head coach. And um, this is this is another strange one for me because Gadala, his first job as a head coach was at Ayak Lamnaga last season. And he didn't last the full season. They sacked him in April or February, I think it was. And that was his first job as a head coach. They just promoted him from the from the under-19s. But Gadala has come in to replace Zorniga. I, I, I really don't know what's going to happen with this team this season, honestly. Honestly, I really don't. Mm. Well, you know who else has experience as a Cypriot being his first club he managed? Carlos Coberan managed yep, yep. Doxa Catocopias and yep, Hermes. Yep. Hermes like, Aradipu, yeah. And I'll tell you and, what, Hermes, yeah. Hermes is run by the son of a gangster. So he enjoyed his time in Cyprus very much. Let me look. He coached he all of <laughs> eight games for Doxa and 15 for Hermes before not coaching again for three years. So Carlos Corberan must have like a fucking nightmare when he shows up to to, uh, Cyprus. He's like, oh, fuck this place. You know, he doesn't have good memories, I assume. We don't don't travel too well in Cyprus either from memory. But uh, what we drew with Omonia was it nil-nil when we came and played you lot at the Gasset Bear. Yeah. And then years ago against the, uh, Aboel, we, we never really, I can't remember yeah. us doing well. Didn't you lose Anorthosi as well, if I'm not mistaken? You lost 3-0 yeah. to Anorthosi. Mitroglu missed the penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was Ernesto well, Valverde's first year. Oh, my God. I, I forgot. I was about to ask you if that was the, the Ketspire era. I, could, I forgot. No, no. That was, Val, mm. that was Valverde's first year. Like Valverde that went off to, to Barcelona years yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. Um, that was a that was fucked up. Like that was his first stint at Olympiacos, and Gokal is the chairman at the time. It was rumored mm. that he wanted to get rid of him, and now, of course, Valverde, anyone you talk to in red and white, will say is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach ever, mm. coach the club. Pretty much, you know, installed the the team's modern identity and, and style of play. So anyway, that's just a little side yeah. story. Oh, thank you for getting us ready to lose the nil with fucking <laughs> Apollona now so we can shoot the fucking Carlos Corberan uh, Ernesto Valverde <laughs> propaganda once we go into the fucking conference league. I'm excited for that, you know. <laughs> oh god, that's going to be Okay, light, lighten up. Lighten let me up. let's lighten up. Okay. So let me say <laughs> a few things since I haven't been on the pod since Slovan Bratislava game. Can Olympiacos run for longer than 20 minutes? maybe 25 minutes. The players literally cannot run. They run, and it takes them three minutes to recover. It's so fucking bad. It's like, what did they do at preseason? Pedro Martins was like, here's some uh, Portuguese donuts and cigarettes. Like, was that training? I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I think you guys mentioned it in the last pod. The biggest thing for me going into this game, and we can get into Apolona, who has Dingini, who is the star striker of Atromitos and Aris, missed in the Greek League King um, is like can Olympiakos even run like Slovan Bratislava was one of the shittiest football teams I've ever seen and Olympiakos made them look like Barcelona because we couldn't even run it was incredible so yeah I just wanted to say that can one more week of training can we 
can we run? You know, can you think? What do you think, Costa? We we signed uh, De La Fuente, who is American, yeah. so he goes to the gym and runs a lot. And Juan, so he runs as well. So, yeah, inshallah, but... you know, like <laughs> that's all Olympiacos at the moment. Like inshallah, like fuck's sake. It is. It is a little bit inshallah, but you know, not not a lot can change in a week. But from the sounds of it as well, I mean, we we managed oh we, we 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 managed to get some some information about what's going on in the Apollon camp and they you know we were told that they not they're not very well prepared either yeah, and i think yeah. that i think that showed in in the games that they had against maccabi as well i don't personally i don't really think a lot about their second leg uh winning 2-0 at home i mean they've already lost 4-0 in the first leg and maccabi's gone so all right you know it's going to take a lot for us to lose 5-0 in this game yeah so um I, I find it interesting as well i didn't know about catala that he's literally a manager that hasn't managed at a high level at all uh this this is what surprised me mate because don't get me wrong when when he started off at ayak last season they started very well very very well in fact and I, I had a feeling that they would challenge for the title i had a feeling but as the season progressed the players became less and less, I wouldn't say interested, but less and less motivated. And I, I heard a few rumblings from a few people in and around the club that, you know, he didn't like players questioning his some tactical decisions, questioning why certain players are taken off at certain times, etc. And he appears to be one of those coaches that's like, it's, it's my way, you don't ask questions, you just get on with it. Yeah. Hmm. Well... Yeah, at least Olympiakos' coach has a lot of experience going through in Europe and um, playing big games in Europe as well. So, Oh, wait. No, he has no experience. He's only coached one team, seriously. But, uh, yeah. Well, so you don't <laughs> like him then? No, I, I, I wish him the best. I'm just like... Mavros is back. He's back. No, I'm back. I'm back because someone needs to bring us all fucking down to reality. We're so beyond fucked. Um. It does not matter who we're playing. We could play like literally Panionios from like the third division of Greece. And um, I just want to bring the reality back to everyone. Like Apollon can be whatever the fuck they are and very easily beat Olympiacos. So that's just my opinion. Stel, what kind of like, what kind of team is this? Like, is it a team that likes to sit back, soak up the pressure, and counterattack? I mean, obviously they're going through a change of management, but what can we expect from them from them? tomorrow going into the game like you played against them what was it on the weekend in the super cup are they going to press us high up the fields are they going to go out like lively like what's your what's your take Mate, you know, it's, it's, going tomorrow? it's difficult to say because again this is Gadala's first game in charge really um I, th I don't I can't even remember if he was on the, I don't even think he was on the bench against us uh, and they played the second string team anyway and that just shows how bad we were that they played us off the park um but I'm, I'm, I'll go by what he went with at Ayek because that's the only that's the only thing I know. He he goes with a four two three one, or sometimes a four one three two. Um, he loves a holding midfielder. He loves a, a ball winning, but a ball playing central midfielder as well. They at Ayek, there's one called Ledes Gus Ledes. He's a Portuguese, um, and I think Abolona signed a Spanish central midfielder called uh, Recio. I think his name is. 
from where are they signing from? Was it Leganes or something like that? I don't know. Um, but maybe he's the guy that's going to be in, in, in the centre of midfield. But what they also love are these fullbacks that bomb forward. At Ayak, he had um, Rosales at right back and Sim Tandy at left back. And what they would do, they would pin their fullbacks as high up the field as possible, right? The holding midfielder would get the ball and just spray. But what would happen is the two wide men, the two wingers, they would tuck in to almost make, I don't know, two extra centre forwards or be like inverted wingers. Now, I don't know if he's going to play that. I don't know how if he's going to play that system because the thing is they've got very exciting wingers. They've got this, this kid called Var. He's 23 years old. They signed him from FC Buffalo. But this lad has got a bit of a history in the sense that he hasn't played full 90 minutes in like a year and a half because he had a dispute with Buffer and he just walked. He went AWOL. They couldn't find him. In fact, Gosta, a certain person that you and I know was involved in the legalities to get him out of the club. Right? So he signed in the summer. He's played pre-season, obviously. But I don't know how fit he is or if he will start. But he's a very, very tasty winger. Um, I mentioned earlier Zandi, the, um, the attacking midfielder. Uh, they've got Israel Cole, who I think was in Greece at the time, wasn't he? Cole, the Argentinian? Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I can't he, was, remember. he was out there. Yeah, I, I forget which club he was. Um, probably their most promising, I say promising player. How old is he now? 23? Spoljaric, central midfielder. He's a decent player. Uh, they've got... Who else have they got? Pizza. Dingini, Ding, is he uh, any good, well, Dingini's so? injured. I think Dingini's injured. Oh, but Ding, Dingini, okay. in fact, Dingini, the, the, he joined them a couple of years ago, the season that we won the league. And his goals kept them in the title hunt. But then he did his ACL. And that mm. put him out for six, six seven months. He's he a came good back player. last season. He's a good player, but he, yeah. he doesn't seem to be the same player as what he was when he had that yeah. injury. Perhaps it's the age. Yeah. Perhaps it's the age. He's yeah. 34 now. Um, interestingly enough, one of their strikers... Um, Dabo, big burly striker. He's not in the squad. They've they've not included him in the European squad. They uh, they brought in this new guy called Hendy from some Slovakian team. I don't know who he is. Yeah. Never heard of him before. He played he's for coming. he played for Slovan. We play, He was yeah. in their team last year. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So they brought him in okay. um, to be a, a, another striker. So again, I don't know how much they have. Dimitri Spinakas, Olympiakos, yeah. uh, Loni, Young. Has he played this right? still? Has he, has he got any games? I've, I've, I've I don't think read so. his name mentioned to Burns, but I can't remember. I, to be, he's he's a he's a good, player. yeah, he's a good candidate to be recalled from loan right away. He hasn't played a yeah. minute yet in any of their games. Yeah. So. Well, look, they, they've got one of the best central defenders in in Cyprus, uh, Roberge, who was at Sunderland uh, at one point, French fella, but he's oh, thirty five. Yeah, his name looked familiar. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. him. Yeah, they signed uh, Artemata from. Anorthosi, central defender, he's very good, 23 years old, a lot of potential. But there's two players that you probably need to look out for if you want to talk about fullbacks. They've got Hamas, a left-back, um, but they just signed a guy called Cabral from Sporting Lisbon, a right wing-back. Um, and yeah, someone's mentioned Mavrias, but Mavrias probably won't get a look-in. Um, but Cabral is looking very good. He's looking very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he can cause problems down your left. Um, they've got a miss... Uh, their captain's a guy called Hambo, or Karalambos, Giagu. Um, mm. But he mostly plays, he's either a defensive midfielder or a centre-back. Under Zorniga, they went three at the back a lot. Kadala is probably going to play two centre-backs. I'd be very surprised if they go three at the back. Um, the goalkeeper's very good, one of the best in the league. Uh, Jovanovic, 29 years old. 
Mm. So look, they, they've got a good squad, but you know, when it comes to that next stage, that next level, as we saw today with Aboel, when you're playing against your Cypriot teams, yeah, you can beat teams two, three nil, but when you play, you know, Europa League standard, Conference League standard, it's a different level from stamina to technical ability. Today, don't get me wrong, Jurgarden are a fantastic team for for Sweden, but today proved that all you need to do is outrun Cypriot teams, outrun them, and you'll win the game. If you have more legs or more in the tank, you're going to beat them. It's that simple. It's not It's not great. You could say... Well, that, uh, that goes back to your point earlier, doesn't it, Labro? Do we we literally legs? cannot run. Like, fuck's sake, by the end of the game in Slovan Bratislava, we're holding on for our lives, and the players almost turned brain dead because they were so tired. We, on that final set piece, we had one central defender marking five people, like two, maybe, maybe this was, was it the first goal or the second goal? Remember the set piece where literally the, we, the, the first the, goal, they were, they were not, that, not even watching. They weren't looking yeah. anywhere. And the guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Both goals, part. both goals look like goals conceded by players who are fucking dead tired and like can barely focus. Those were the type. Literally, they had a free kick outside the area, and instead of shooting, we had like ten guys in the wall. They just dinked it over, and we had one volleyball? person. Was that volleyball? In the box? yes, it was like a fucking joke. I couldn't believe what I, I was watching. I was there dying on my couch, like, like with my fever. I couldn't believe what I was watching. But literally, um, I don't know if anyone can fucking run on our team. God willing, uh. What's his name? Kunde can keep it up. He was in the press. Oh my god, he was in the press conference. I don't know if you watched the press conference, Costa. Yeah. Um, surprisingly good question from Nikos Kotsis. Was like the the uh, manager didn't pick you. Pedro Martins didn't pick yeah. you, but you seem very ready. And he was like, I was working my ass off, and I got no opportunities from yeah. Martins. He did say that. He said ass off. He was like, I'm working my ass off, and no one even looked at me. And now the new coach has gone in and I've been ready. It's like he knew a new coach was coming. Oh, wonder who mentioned that. Okay. Uh, maybe the players were looking for that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but fuck's sake. But fuck's sake. We'll, we'll see. Like, no one can move. Costas Manulas looks like he's like 150 kilos, man. Like, he does not look like a professional footballer. No. Uh, yeah. I would start Bonds, he say, tomorrow night as well. Is that a hot take? Is that... Well, know. we're gonna we're gonna bring up a predicted lineup in a little bit, and, okay. and we can talk about that. Um, it, it's it's such a shit show of a fixture. It's just like two disaster teams like going at it. You're like, here we go. Here's a two absolute disasters. Like, who's worse? Let's see. Well, that's why I say like, with, with yeah. Abolon, I mean, especially with Gadala when he was at Ayek, he loved to get men behind the ball. He loved to get men behind the ball, but on that counter attack. They, they were very, very lethal, very lethal. And as I mentioned, those fullbacks like to bomb forward and they get involved in the final third. Now, if your counter-attack is better than theirs, you'll catch them out. But you got to watch out for diagonal balls as well because that's something that he loved, especially from wide areas. You know, get the fullbacks to hit it long if they, if they could, you know, and if they got the two big guys up top, it could cause you problems. I know um, uh, Sogradis. You know, he, he was out muscled a lot in the last game, wasn't it? Was it Slovan? Was it Slovan? Uh, it, the first leg against Slovan, and then a phantom injury. Or 
I'm sorry, an injury occurred to Socrates and he uh, is out for he was out for the coming leg and he's out for this these two games. I, c- I can't remember which game it was. I don't think it was in in Greece. I think it was the second leg. He was they've got an English strike, haven't they? Yeah, it was in it was in Greece. Literally, he was in Greece. Touched. He he just pushed. Yeah, Yeah. mate. Oh, Oh, I was like, come on, man. It was so bad. And the thing is, they say when in doubt, kick it out. And he had all the time in the world to put out that way, give it back to keeper. And it's like, what are you doing, son? But anyway. And then surprisingly, he was injured in training the next day. Who would have thought? I wonder. I wonder how that training. <laughs> not even. I'm not even gonna start it. Like, if he's here by the end of the month, I'll be very surprised. Let's just say that. If if, but, if uh, Cobran came in at a few weeks prior to him coming, do yeah. you think you'd be more optimistic about it, or do you oh, think you've yes. had a shit? I think he's fantastic. Like I I think Corberan is the only thing keeping the club afloat right now. He literally, if he could play, he would be. You watch him on the sidelines, and he's literally trying to tell them everything to do like he's literally on the pitch yelling like trying to lift their mood the biggest thing that saved Olympiacos was making it to full time equal because Corberan basically fired their ass up and was like Jesus fucking Christ you look useless pick them up and then in the the extra time we actually looked a bit decent and then fatigue came and blah 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 but yeah it's nice to have someone on the bench that it's like, not a dead body. Yeah, it's exactly. He like exudes some life, and that translates to the players a little bit. The players need it because their confidence is so yeah. fucking shot, shot. Yeah. shot completely. And I remember a discussion we had like I think a year ago. Still, you were on our show, or we were, we were on yours, and you asked us like, who are the guys in the team that will like pick the team up? Like, who are the guys that the t- the, the players will turn to to look for leadership? And I remember for a split second thinking at that time, oh shit, that's a good question. <laughs> and <laughs> like because like our leaders, they they got old. Like, I mean, they like Valbuena and El Arabi, they came mm. into the team already like 32, 31. I can't remember. Like Valbuena's 37, going 38, and Arabi's 35. Still got quality, but you can't rely on them like full 90 minutes to, to press yeah. and, and play at that European level against, you know, German teams or like any team right now. Like and we're talking about running and I don't know what the hell the previous manager did in preseason. Like all we know is that, you know, for sure the guy wanted to cram in six friendlies in 10 days. And before those friendlies have full training sessions, like before the game started and, and the players just look, completely dead i don't know what the reasoning was bearing in mind in november we're all going to stop and the world cup's going to start so like but that's a that's a big problem for us tomorrow i don't know if we're going to have the legs there are some new players that can i think have an impact tomorrow like this south korean player that we've that we've signed and although in greece some people are saying he's not fully fit is like if he's not fully fit then then i i fear I don't even don't even know what the words to use are for mm. the others because you know for a fact like those South Korean guys like the Asians in general they they run their socks off like in the middle of the park so I think you know it is going to be one of those games in the midfield and you mentioned earlier that they you know Catala uh, he he relies a lot on his deep lying playmaker or deep like, defensive midfielder from from the sounds of it and you look at the players we have like like Yanim Bila who's a guy that's really He's found the love of the game again, playing with this manager. 
with Corberan because Corberan, everything for him starts with the six. He loves to play that 4-3-3 system that kind of changes into a 3-4-3 when, when a player like Envilad drops back in between the centre-backs to bring the ball out. So, yeah, it's going to be a battle in midfield. Uh, I think if if we get an early goal, I think it could be... I, I, I want to think that we can tidy this up. And I don't mean to underestimate the opposition, but from the sounds of it, mate, it's like it's like an outcast team of like former Super League, former Greek Super League players. <laughs> like, and, I, and, I, and I don't mean that in a horrible way, but it's like for fuck's no, sake. No, no, it's, it's understandable. Like, a, lot, a lot of uh, players come to Cyprus and one of them got sent off today for a boil. Centre-back, used to play for Bark. Oh, Crespo? Crespo. Yeah, sent Is off he in getting injury paid? Time, yeah. Is he getting paid there? Or? Uh, if I speak, I'll be in trouble. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people sign for Opwell? Does like their agent not tell them like, yeah, this contract you're about to sign is no one is going to honor this. Like, it's, 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 yeah, no need, no need to say anything. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not saying anything. Sorry, that's my, that's my cockiness coming. Change a converse, change a conversation. That's a good tactic. Well, yeah. just just a quick quick question, actually, though. Yeah. I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched too much of you guys. I saw some of your game the other day. It's actually, it's a two, it's two questions, actually. Um, yeah. First of all, Christian Carambo, does he always sit on the bench with the squad? He yeah. did with uh, he did with Martins, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No, he always I, has, for, I for think, me, I think that's a bit weird. It is. I think that's a bit weird. Why is, it, why is a guy from the board or sat on the bench? You don't, I, I don't understand. Paratici at Tottenham sits on the bench too. Yeah, but, but I don't know why. Like, what, what purpose do they have? They, I don't know. Not... Like... Anyway, whatever. Because um, if you if set... you watch some of the behind the scenes videos of Olympiacos, this was the good old days when they produced them. Now I don't know. Maybe their staff shortages, so they don't make it. Like Christian Carambe, the manager gives the team talk in the in the locker room course. Have you seen this? And the doors closed. And like the manager, <laughs> yes, the manager's like, let's go, Olympiacos, and everyone cheers. And then Christian Carambe starts pounding on the door. He's not in the locker room during the during the chat, but he starts pounding on the door with his hand. He's like, oh, ale, ale, like pounding on the door. And you're like, what is this guy doing? It's like he's not even in the room for the team talk. He's like glorified cheerleader, mate. <laughs> he's not even in the room though. Even the he's like he's like pounding on the door, you know, like. What is he supposed to say to the players? Like the manager told you this, you're not doing it. He's like, he wasn't even in the room. Like, I don't know. Give me an O. Give me an O. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I Go really... team. You got no, the I... dreads as well, flapping around in the wind. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other question I have is, in terms of the the size of your team, uh, height wise, is it is it a big team? Because a lot of these Abolon players are six foot plus. Okay, with the exception of you know Va and and Gon, obviously. Um, but from set pieces, I, I think they, they might be working on something to get you in that way. Yeah, well, you already saw from the last game, we've eaten two goals from set pieces. So yeah. it's probably on the right yeah, track there. But but um, it's a team now still that's been playing a, a zonal system for for the better part of four, four or five years. And now all of a sudden, a new coach coming in, they want to play man-to-man. And um, I, I talked to one of the players from our team to be clear uh last week and and he told me oh you know that on the second goal that wasn't my man like I don't know why media has been blaming me and so on and so forth so it looks like there has been some 
difficulties adapting. Like I said, the guy's just been just been at the team for what two weeks, like not even not even ten days of training. So yeah, that's a weakness, mate. Uh, and I did hear earlier today reports that in training they they worked on set pieces all day today. At least that would be about both attacking defensive. But bodies, do we have bodies? You've got big boys, big boys like Cisse uh, and and Bar. But otherwise, like Oleg, Oleg Rabchuk is not bad in the air for his height. And then Avila is pretty poor in the air. Um, so no, mate, not not a lot, not a great deal of height. Unless you mm. unless you end up with a Bukhalagis in there, which I just cannot see. The thing is, again, I was, I was watching some of your game, the second leg anyway, and mm. the amount of balls that you guys gave away in the middle of the park, and we're talking like unforced errors here, sorry for the tennis reference, but, you know, it's almost as if they're trying Hollywood balls from the middle of the park, especially from the, the deep line central midfielder, I forget his name, was it Camara or was it, who's the other one? Kunde. Yeah, him, him. And he's playing, he's, he's spraying balls, and you can see what he's trying to do, but it's almost as if... The, the, the players aren't on the same page as him. Yeah. And then I look at Abolon and the players that they have in the middle of the part. I said, Spoljaric is a good player. Um, Zrandi is a very good player. And I think that's probably where they'll hurt you the most in the middle of the park. As I mentioned before, the wide men will get forward. But because it's Gadala's first game, I'm not sure if he'll be so like brave to play the system that he knows best in a game like this, especially. So it's difficult. I think he's going to rely a lot on the central midfielder, especially using height for, for dead ball situations. That's what yeah. I think anyway. I could be I, well, let's, let's, let's hold on. Can I bring up a story yeah, yeah. when we're talking about set pieces? It reminds me of, yeah. um, you remember the first few months we were doing this podcast, six months, it was like the big game with Arsenal after passing PSV. And we were being interviewed by Arsenal fans and they we were interviewing them. It's like, what's the biggest problem of Olympiacos? And we said set pieces. Um, and then the newspaper's like, Olympiacos has been working on set pieces day and night. They will be ready. The first fucking set piece, first leg at home, literally um, it, the whole team was like falling asleep and Gabriel like jumped above everyone and made an amazing header. And it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, it was just like, we all knew this was going to happen. And the media kept posting. They were like, Pedro Martins has identified the problems. And he knows how to turn it around. Then it's just like we eat like two fucking corner goals. Uh, I expect. Yeah, but Timmy Cass was having so much joy down that left hand side, man. Yeah, oh, man. stop! You're right. You're yeah, scratching yeah. old wounds, mate. No, we we now. Nah, have man, new... he was, and against Wolves as well, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must but now be. we have a new left back who I don't know reminds me of him. His name's Oleg Rebchuk. Um, Shut and up. If... <laughs> and if Ammonia is looking for a good left back for at least five to ten million euros, um, which you well, we, we quality, are looking for a, a we are looking for a second choice left back, but yeah, I'll, maybe I'll speak about come and come and come and give us come and give us a bit of money for Lovell and we'll throw Rabchuk in as a as a free as a sweetener as a sweetener. Fuck, that's like the oh, worst sweetener be, you've ever had in your life. <laughs> don't be surprised if we get Maxi on loan. Maxi, that's the only yeah. thing we're able to do right now, mate. All, like all the players that yeah. kind of off, they end up going off on loan. Cannot Most stale. of them, it's like mid-table Turkish team. It's right like now. here we go. It's like blah blah blah. Spore is in paying fifty percent of the wages and no option to buy. It's like oh well, brilliant. So. Well, anyway, I want to. Let's look into tomorrow. I wanna, 
Yeah, I want to transition into into something else. Before I do that, opportunity again. If you haven't done so already, guys, hit that like button, spread the word, get it out to more Olympiacos fans around the world that don't know about us yet. Hit the subscribe button. And we talked about lineup and whatnot. Um, I think this is what we might line up with tomorrow. So you've got Vachlik in goal. There's been a lot of talk about the duo at the back. Uh, Stel, these two Senegalese lads got a lot of height. They're friends on and off the pitch. Um, that's Pape Cisse and Usainu, Usainu Bar. It's been some talk about Manolas potentially pairing please up. God with no, them. please God no. Yeah, there were some, there were some press articles today, but I can't I can't see it. I mean, Bar and Manolas have never played together. I'd be surprised if he if he takes that risky approach tomorrow. So I think those two will set up at the back. And uh, Vasalko is still not available. So Avila is on the back of a pretty decent game, I thought, against uh, Slovan Bratislava. And Oleg Rebchuk, because we have nobody else. I can't see Kudris playing tomorrow. And then uh, the midfield trio, mate. Um, curious your thoughts here, Stel. Um, how you see this midfield battle, bearing in mind what you what you said earlier. So I think Jan Envila is going to be the six, bringing the ball out of defence. Pierre Kunde is in there as well. And we'll have Inbom Huang, South Korean international. I think he'll make his debut tomorrow. He's a player that can hold on to the ball, try and dictate the tempo. As uh, good with the ball at his feet. is basically, I think, what we've been missing in midfield the last, I mean, you know, for, for a while now. He's, he's really a player that can hold on to the ball, uh, get out of trouble, dribbling, and is calm on the ball. He won't just lob the ball, hoof it like Kunde did on in some instances in in the last game. But yeah, how do you if if that's the lineup in midfield? Like, where do you see uh, where do you see the the points um, the points of let's say exploitation for for a bolon? Where do you see like weaknesses or strengths here? Have those three midfielders played together? No. No. They haven't. So again, so, yeah. so, wait. Yeah, so no, if Huang doesn't start, Costa, who would start? Because Mari Camara's out. Mari Camara's out. You got Bukalakis. Oh fuck. Bukalakis is an option. Oh my god. Yeah, my well, god. yeah. I mean, look. Uh, Stel's talking about height, and you know, you don't have height in Huang. It's like a dead body, Costa. Like it cannot continue. It's like it's I, like I okay, oh, you know, it's like it's like that kid in PE when you're like picking last, and you're like. Well, the tall guy could help on set pieces. Like that's where we're at. No, but his confidence, his confidence is completely shot. You could see that after the penalty where he yeah, scored yeah. it, and he didn't. He barely even looked back at the keeper to like yeah, encourage yeah. him to, to to save the next one. But He's, Costa, why why not four two three one like we started with uh, Slovan? Because because and this is the thing. Like Masuras is is still not one hundred percent. Yeah, that's the thing. They out. say he's injured too. They say he may not start as well. So then I don't know. I think. This is more like predicted lineup, and I I think they'll give Masuras injections to play tomorrow. I honestly yeah, probably. do. Yeah. They'll they'll give him injections to play tomorrow because otherwise you you're gonna have Zinkanagu and and uh, and Rajelovic, oh, and that's it. That's a nightmare. I I I can't see us playing without Masuras tomorrow. I think they'll do anything they can to make sure that he plays. He travelled with the team, so I think he'll I think he'll start. And if he has to come off, he has to come off. But I also think. I also think it's a bit risky the four-two-three-one uh, away from home. I get a sense that he'll. Okay. Uh, I think I, I like to think that Juan can have a big influence on this game tomorrow because I I 
again from the little that I've seen of him, I think that I think that he's he's a missing piece in that midfield. And you've got you've got the creative kind of ability of Envila to bring the ball out of defense and you know play those through balls in behind the lines. You've got Kunde who brings some energy, and then you've got a player like like Juan who can just hold on to the ball. And that's that's what we were missing like in the second half of the Slovan game. We were literally just like it must have been 80% possession Slovan and 20%. And every time we we won the ball back, we lost it within a pass or two. And I just think that with him, we can we can do better in, in the middle of the park. So I, I see him starting tomorrow. That's why I don't think it will be 4-2-3-1. Yeah. I, just looking at the team, I'm just like, it has been so nice that there's only one game a week. Like watching this shit, you look at that, those 11 dudes and you're just like oh my fucking god oh my god we are so bad we are so bad that's like my main takeaway costa with the close-up beautiful but oleg that left side oleg rehab tricky yogos masuras um my god my god um well, Usainu Ba, uh, we're also considering is like a good player as well. We're like, oh, Usainu Ba is in form. It's like, oh my God, Usainu Ba literally gets a red card every important game Olympiakos ever played. Like, played played good last week, but uh, yeah, let's let's see. Agibu is a good shout. I forgot he's alive. Yeah, that's a good one. You're talking about that left side, but yeah, really you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what. Abolon's right side is going to look like because if they go with Cabral as right back and possibly Bittar as right wing, I don't know how that's going to work because look, as, as good as Bittar is in the Cypriot League, he's a very frustrating player to watch because it's always if he tries too much. And I think this is where the psychology comes in because it's on the European stage. A lot of these Abolon players might be thinking this is the shop window opportunity, man. And some players like to hold on to the ball for too long. They try to be a bit smart, a bit cute. Look, I know you've got Zinkanagel there who's coming from Watford and he's, he's a decent player. I don't think he's a he's a left winger in my, in my honest opinion. I don't think the left side is is, is his right position, to be honest. And yeah. the, the left back you've got, is he Moldovan or something? Yeah. Andoran, I don't know where he's from. Um, I don't, again, I, I don't know too much about him, but... Is is he good on uh, on? Is he flat footed when he's running backwards? I, I don't know. I don't I don't know too much about him. But Bitter likes to attack players, but he also likes to bring the ball inside. Uh, so again, it's if spots and maybes. I, I as I said, Gadala hasn't coached this well, hasn't managed any games yet. So I don't know what kind of system he's going to play. If you've got two centre backs, then the chances are he might go with one up front. He might go with Janga, who's a big brute that loves to hold the ball up. Um, he might go with Zrandi as a number 10 to play, to break the line, so to speak. There might be extra emphasis on Spoljaric to play a, a more physical game against the, the Korean lad because, again, we don't know if he's a, he's a physical kind of player. It's, it's but some maybes at the moment, mate. I mean, these players I've mentioned, some of them might not even play. So, again, it's... <sighs> honestly, yeah. it's like needle in a haystack. It's the same situation for us. It's like three weeks of Carlos Corberan being here and uh you you have no idea what to expect we just i i think we're so happy with the qualification last week we are forgetting how fucking shit we are like let's bring it back to reality we are so bad we are so bad also i don't i don't really read that in the fan base to be honest mate like masuras is good some guys telling me masuras is good 
Oh my god. I okay. I, I don't I don't even like want to justify that. With I think I, 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 I think the fan base is kind of at least the majority, they're aware of the situation. And you know, people are venting about it in, in their own different way. Some people accepting reality and others not. But anyway, we're not going to have that conversation here. Like we're here to preview the match tomorrow because we, we can have time to talk about this after the game tomorrow. Post match again, guys, we'll be here we'll, after we'll the game tomorrow. Oh, Jesus, yes, we will. Okay. <laughs> Still, uh, we, we talked a lot about Abolon's kind of positives and strengths, but like, where's the weaknesses on this team? Where where can Olympiacos hit hit Abolon tomorrow? Um, I think. Uh, centre-back areas. I mentioned Roberge, one of the best defenders in Cyprus the past few seasons, but again, wrong side of 30. Um, they've got a new central defender, Timadou, who had a very good game against Omonia the other day. Um, but I think the physicality of El Arabi will be imperative for you guys. A lot of Cypriot defenders, or should I say defenders in the Cypriot League, don't like defending against physical strikers. They, they, they don't like it at all. But the one thing I will tell you, and I noticed this so much, especially last season, Cypriot teams, the ball watching, honestly, honestly, it, it is, it's like second nature. And I think that's probably where you can get them. The lack of concentration, the lack of focus. If you've got, if you've got runners in behind, if you've got movement, especially breaking the lines between the, 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 the two central midfielders or however central midfielders and the centre-backs, if you've got a lot of movement there, you'll hurt them. Balls in the box from out wide, they can't deal with them. They really can't. So there's a lot of weaknesses with, with Cypriot teams. And again, it goes back to what I said. The stamina levels, that could play a big part. Because while you, you guys are saying that, you know, obviously your players probably might not have the legs right now, the fact that you're a Super League team and it's a Cypriot team, the the the, the fitness levels and, you know, the energy levels are going to be chalk and cheese, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. But we said the same thing about Maccabi Haifa. And we're like, oh, it's an Israeli team. Maybe they're... We said the same thing about Slovan Bratislava, like, oh, it's a Slovakian team. Yeah, but How you saw what, what Maccabi you know? did to, you saw what Maccabi yeah, did yeah. to Abolon, man. They tore yeah. him apart. And defensively, like, again, one of the goals, I think the second goal that Abolon conceded, it was it was, it was a comedy. It was an mm. utter comedy. I could, I could send you some clips of the goals that Abolon conceded last season. You'd be like, wow. Because like, it, it's, it's a leaky team then, from the sounds yeah. of it. It's a yeah, you what is? I think it's more nerves than anything because the, the, there's this weird obsession in football these days where you have to build from the back. If you yeah. don't have the players to do it, don't do it. Don't have two central defenders in the box when your goalkeeper's going to take a goal kick if you can't play the ball out. And more often than not, they just hit, hit it long and you lose possession. So again, I think they're going to if they if they try and play Q against you guys, you'll tear them, you'll tear them apart. If they try and be cute. Mm. Uh, people outside Greece support Olympiakos. Yes, mate. Lots of people outside Greece support Olympiakos. Mm. What else we got here? Get ready for a bold prediction of the season, says Aris B. Our next big sale is going to be Ali Agic. Okay. Yeah. Uh is back, says have to skip today's podcast so I can save it for the flight tomorrow. Have a safe flight, mate. Safe are, you, flight. are you going out to Cyprus? Like, did you get a ticket? Oh, by the way, guys, uh for info, more than two thousand Olympiagos fans are gonna be in the Gasipe tomorrow. How many uh Apollo fans? Like how do they sell out? Do they 
its capacity. Right. Well, like, okay, what is so this they, like? They, the, yeah. They're going to be at the Gazibi. It's going to be at the national stadium uh, because mm -hmm. the Syria doesn't fit the criteria for European football, and it's a, a stadium that's that's basically uh, it's, it's a disaster away. Honestly, um, it, okay. the, I think the stadium is owned by the Olympic Committee, which is why they still got a, a track around it. But mm. the I think the council or the whatever someone is funding a new stadium, and that stadium is shared by three clubs. You know, so the Tirios is shared with uh, Ael, Abolon, and Aris. So the new stadium is going to be shared by all three teams. But again, as, as Cyprus is, they say it's going to be built by a certain time. It's built like a year later. They spent mm -hmm. so many millions on it. It was meant to be 15,000, but then somehow 3,000 seats got cut off. So it's down to 12,000. There's so much shit going on, man. You don't even know who's funding it. I think it's going to be sponsored by Alfa Mega, the supermarket, if I'm not mistaken. I'm probably mm -hmm. wrong there. But so, yeah, but when it comes to their supporters, yeah, they'll... They'll probably get seven, eight thousand, ten at a push, at a push. Uh, they're not, um, they're not Omonia size. They're not Aboel size, you know. Um, but the the fans from Limassol, they're rowdy. I will say that their ultras are they're nutcases, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Or well, the second leg will be interesting. So I'll how many how many people fit in this stadium? Because I remember we played you guys in this stadium, but it was of course COVID. It was, it was like yeah, peak COVID, COVID then. Yeah. So yeah, the guys would be probably about. 12 12,000, yeah, but I don't think they'll sell out. I don't okay, think so we have 2,000 of our own fans there, so it should be yeah. good atmosphere for us. I don't know, so it'll, it'll probably be about eight to ten thousand, probably eight to ten thousand. All right, about that. I'll be, but I just want to bring this comment up too. We're having big problems with environment in or like football stadium attendance in Greece. And I thought this was a really good comment. You watch Maccabi's game with us, with Apollona, which now with Red Star, it's a fantastic environment. It's sold out. It's packed. Why, uh, still, I don't know if it's the same thing in Cyprus, but like, what's the, what What do you think is going on? Why people are not coming back to the stadium? Olympiakos hasn't been able to sell out a game since uh, COVID. And there's no more COVID restrictions. The stadium is barely able to, to fill up, even for... Derby games at the end of last season. I don't know. Um, three words. There's fan card and money. So I don't know if you guys have got the fan card system oh, yeah. in Greece. Fucking but fan cards yeah. are shit show. I was buying tickets for the game Sunday night. It's and and try explaining it to a foreigner. It's like a mess. Like buying the fan card, working the 2002 level site. Blah blah blah. So. So fans are fans are reluctant for that because you know ah. you do have a lot of ultras that might want to kick off and do whatever they've got to do um and so they don't want to you know submit their names and all that and also the, the ticket prices i remember mm. the cup final um going to the cup final i'm on it against um uh oh god almighty ethnic gods and um when they first went on sale they were charging fans like 50 euros for a for a ticket 40 euros and the, the cypriots were like what the fuck is going on here like it's a cup yeah. final man like, but 50 euros that's, that's premier league prices um and they, they knocked it down but i think fans are just like well i don't want to turn up and and watch a shower of shit because a lot of the time yeah. the football isn't isn't great and let's get it right the time that football matches are on in cyprus you've got a premier league game you know, they might want to, or they'd rather go to the, uh, go to, I don't know, bar. bar to watch it with their friends. It's it's different. I, I, obviously, yeah. COVID has, has made a, a difference, but 
you know, it's okay. crazy though. It's crazy. Maybe yeah. it's the football has been so. I I think also a fact of it is because Olympiacos fans feel like they've been mistreated as well. Kind of like you should see in the the na- newspaper they were putting up people's tweets and said like we're calling them out on the fucking newspaper. Uh, like the atmosphere has been really bad. Like I haven't seen a sold out stadium at Karisgaki since like. What was it, Arsenal in 2020 before COVID? But that probably is because of the style of football that you've been playing as well, mate. Let's, let's yeah, it's, it's know, the it's the football, and I, I I feel like the the environment's really toxic with the fans too. Like players get booed whenever they get subbed off. The atmosphere with it's really bad. I, I don't do, do you think if there was a a proper title race in in Greece? then you would have a buzzing stadium. Do you think it's like fans are like, well, we're going to show up and we're expecting to win this one? Do you think there's a, a huge dichotomy between the best teams and the teams mid-table and bottom? Still, when, when you said earlier about Apollon like faffing it up in the playoffs last season, that was us. Yeah, That was us last season. The only difference is, is that we were already like 20 points clear. You were clear, yeah. So yeah. It, didn't, it didn't matter, like, we didn't care a shit. It was just, all right, let's get this over the line and get it over with. Mm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that since Martin's first won, won his first title in 2019, it's been, the competition's been shit. And in 2019, we still blew them away because we built from the, the, the team we had yeah. in the first season and added a few pieces and it all came together and it was it was beautiful to watch. That was the season with Wolves, Arsenal and, and so on mm. and so forth. But yeah. I mean that's a that's a Megali Kuveda, like Well could know. it could it be the quality of, of signings that you've been bringing in? Because I remember you guys were bringing in Rivaldo, Giovanni, you're bringing yeah, in all these names. Yeah. Do you think that's made the difference as well? Because no, no, but obviously like mate. No, no, bro, but if you think about it, you know, all it takes is one or two big names to come in. I wouldn't say huge names, but at least players that you could say, yeah, I want to go watch him play. Maybe, do you think that makes a difference when you're bringing in yeah. Zinkanar? Well, no disrespect, but... No, the thing is, mate, it's like, I think if you look at, this is a bigger discussion, like if you look at modern football, how many teams do you look at nowadays and you think, oh, that's that person's team? Or, you know, you know, maybe Messi at Barcelona and you're like, you know, that's Messi's team. Or like, oh, that's Ronaldo's team. So it's more about the team, isn't it? And like, you have a couple of like star players that, that, that bring something extra, like the leaders on the pitch, like Valbuena and El Arabi were the, mm. when, when they first came to the club. That season, we were missing a striker. Like the first, the first season under Martins, we didn't have a ball, we didn't have a guy that could put the ball in the back of the net. And they brought El Arabi over, and he was a player that was playing in, in Qatar. And you know, some some fans were saying, "Oh, why the fuck are we bringing this 33 year old from from Qatar? Like he's a uh, he's a mercenary." Blah blah blah. The guy had scored like 37 goals in 34 matches in his last season. So you know instantly, even if he's playing in Qatar, like the guy knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. And every season he scores 20 goals. And Valbuena, like even at age 32, 33, however old he was when we brought him in, it's like the quality, mate. It just uh, is. <laughs> I won't compare to Rivaldo. I think that's sacrilege, but it's close. But we're just not able to bring those kind of, kinds of players to Greece. We anymore. can't even bring this South Korean guy in. Like, let's the story's now Rijo, out. So, Rijo you know, 
Weijo Wang uh, is a player of Bordeaux. Nottingham Forest agreed to a deal with Bordeaux for 5 million euros. And Nottingham Forest said part of the deal is you go out on loan to Olympiacos for the season. Then you come mm. back in the summer, reevaluate. And he literally was like, fuck off. I'm not signing. Like, if we're not, if we're not playing like, in the Champions oh League, they don't want to come. Like, why would you? Yeah, come but this guy's like a 29 year old. Like, is he really? He's now in the second division of France and he's in the position where he's like, I'd probably stay with Bordeaux than go to Olympiacos. Like, pain. Well, here's, pain, here's a man. question. Pain. Then. Yeah. Here's a question then. You mentioned Nottingham Forest. Do you think your owner's interest in that club has kind of put a few fans off? Olympia oh, goes because obviously has, no. Has, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe has, they're, they're thinking oh you know he's he's more invested in them now because they're in the Premier League and mm-hmm. you know making all of these signings, you know, spending 80k a week on Jesse Lingard man. I mean come on, man. <laughs> fuck me. So is, is is there a chance? Is there a chance they think that some fans are thinking well we're spending our money but is that going back into the club or is that going to to them lot in, in Nottingham? Uh, I I. I... I think I might be in the minority here in terms of like, as a fan, like my view on it is very realist and very business focused. So like when you've got two businesses and one business is bringing in 170 million in TV revenues and the other one's bringing in 30 over three, three, four years, just like, of course the man's going to be like investing a lot of time and money in keeping Forest up. I think in the long run, if they do manage to stay up like two, three years and establish themselves as a, as a Premier League team again, it's a historic club. I think long term that becomes like a benefit for us somehow. But but I don't want to get into this discussion. Like I think it's I think it's delusional. Like when people come out and say, oh, Marinaghi is spending 170 million over at Forest. It's like he's not putting money out of pocket. And at Olympiacos, actually, like we... We were at the Champions League last year. No fans in the stadium. He put ten million out of his pocket into the team so that we could balance the books. That's his money. He's not gotten money from like, I mean, what Europa League knocked out. No, of the I, round I, of I get game. that. I, I, don't, I completely get that, bro. I don't, I don't buy into that like discussion. No, but like, no, I, I get that. But what I'm saying is that there, there might come a point where certain supporters are thinking, well. If the owner isn't as invested in our club in terms of you know putting his hands in his pocket this summer, especially when you've needed a rebuild, let's get it right. You've been saying it since I've known you guys. Like you need a clear out. There's a lot of deadwood there, and there needs to be fresh legs and fresh ideas. Perhaps they're thinking, well, if it's gone stale, why am I going to spend my money going to watch our, our club home and away when clearly the people upstairs aren't doing what we want them to do, even though they've done it in the past. Now it's like, well, he's got another interest, you know. It's like being with a girl when you know she she's got her eye on someone else, and you're thinking, well, what's the fucking point of putting up with this shit, you know? No, it's a really good point, Stell, and I I'm totally with Costa on this uh, whole thing about like, well, they can sign all these great players, and we can't. But the bigger thing for me is like Nottingham Forest wants Awar from Lyon. He's there. They want Freudler from Atalanta. He's there. Yeah, but Awar's got some really. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, they want Lingard. Mm. There we go. He's there. Like, it happens overnight. It's like, Olympiacos has been negotiating for two weeks with free agent Alvaro Gonzalez. And then he fucks us off to go to, like, Saudi Arabia. And it's like, Nottingham Forest wants this backup left back for 15 million euros. Like, I'll pay. Done. There we go. 
And then it's like Olympiacos wants a free agent on contract, and it's a saga for two years. Like Olympia, and, and we have Nikos Kotsis like right story. Like Olympiacos is in difficult negotiations with the player, and then Alvaro Gonzalez decides uh, today to go sign in the Middle East, and Olympiacos was never even thinking about the player. There was never an offer on the table. It's like. Are you fucking kidding us? Like you, you were telling us like negotiations are ongoing. Smoking and he's like, mirrors. they weren't even considering the player. Like, it's like, what are we doing here? I think the bigger issue for me is yeah, Forrest has much more money. They can buy players, but it's just the speed with do, which they do these transfers. It's like Forrest needs a left back. It's like the left back has already arrived before they even ask for him. It's like, oh my god, they they need a striker, Dennis, for what for 20 million euros done like i understand the issue it's just like olipacos is like we haven't made us like we we need so many signings and we literally are like breadcrumbs a bit at the moment but <sighs> there we are that's a bigger point i don't want to like but but again i i don't want to like i i know a lot of people are like oh fuck my he needs to pull money out of his pocket like the guy's been losing money from olipacos for a few years now and I think a lot of it is he's trusted a lot of bad people. Like, okay, Pedro Martins, he trusted a bit too much. Francois Modesto, he trusted a bit too much. And they signed a lot of players on huge money, huge uh, contracts. But, okay, now it's it's clear the team needs a rebuild. And maybe what I'm holding out for, I'm going to say it, is maybe you can't sign players without at least Europa League, right? You can't – you can – if we get past Apollona, you can say we have Europa League and a lot of players will come for that. If you have Conference League, a lot of players don't want to play in the Greek League and the Conference League. It's like one or the other. I'm going to play in the fucking shitty Greek League, then I'll get Europa League or Champions League. But if you're like, I'm going to play fucking Conference League and Greek League, this is a shit show. So, yeah. Guys, I got I got to jump off, but please keep going. Like, there's plenty of comments in the chat and like match predictions. I'm going to leave you with my match prediction. Okay. I'm going, I'm going pred- to we can wrap up as well. I don't want. No, to no, no. Keep, keep, keep going. I, I need to go because I got family. I'm stuff easy, man. Too. I'm easy. Uh, I'm you, easy. you guys, you guys keep going. I'm going to give you my match okay. prediction. Keep going and like comments and whatnot. Two uh, 0 Olympiacos. Peace out. I'm out, guys. Later, see right, you still. Lo- lovely to see you. Good mate. luck. Good on. luck with everything, brother. Good luck Cheers, with everything. Hope it goes well. Yeah. Awesome. But uh okay, Costa. That was Costa. He's gone. So I, I won't hold you super long still because nah, a lot of it I'm, is I'm just here all night, honestly. Uh, a lot of it is just like me ranting about how fucking... <laughs> we can have a rant because no, both of us I... have been ranting recently, bro. Yeah, like... <laughs> no. I uh I've been I've just been it's a calamity. And the whole Nottingham Forest thing is like every day you open up Twitter and um it's like fuck Nottingham Forest. Why can't we sign player? Like it's literally, you read more about Nottingham Forest on Olympiacos social media than you do about Olympiacos sometimes. And like, to be honest, I'm really fucking tired of it. I I I, I really don't have a strong opinion. Some people are like it's the worst thing that's ever happened. It's the best thing that's ever happened. I don't have a strong opinion to be honest. So, so I'll take it. We're never gonna see you wearing a Robin Hood outfit. No, no, not really. No. I but the thing is I would maybe like I would go see a Premier League game like why not not in, and Nottingham Forest is involved why not um, I have nothing they seem really nice people too because we become friends with a lot of people out there and just we speak with them about different things but it, it's 
Like it's just like it's well, a they, bit of well, listen, a tire. They're, 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 but they were in the same position as us. They were getting like Olympiacos to shitty seconds for years. And now it's kind of like, well, the rules are reversed now, guys. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, as Costa said, he's got a business model. And if the club is bringing in hundreds of millions of pounds, of course, he's going to focus on that. And I think the main ambition for them is to stay in the Premier League for this season anyway, and then build on that. I don't know how far he can take them, because if you look at the the amount of money that other clubs have in the Premier at the moment, like people like Newcastle and Man City and even Man United to some extent, if they get bought out, which is looking likely in the next couple years or so we've been told Elon Musk or whatnot is going well, to be <laughs> chance no fucking chance but you know the you don't want to you don't want the gap to widen because it's, it's very difficult once you get relegated into the championship it's very difficult to come back up I and mean, look at forest yeah. the last time they were in the prem was what 99 yeah it took them that long to get back up some clubs like oldham are in are in the conference mm-hmm. and they were in the premier league when it first started 30 years yeah. ago so Tough, yeah, man. no, and the thing is, it seems like Forrest with the signings they're making, it's I don't think they even want to just stay up. It's like they want to. Mari Nuggets has talked about bringing them back to Europe, and it seems like they're spending for fun. They brought in Moape, Mope, Mape, Mope from French. Brighton, yeah, yes, Dennis from Watford. Um, yeah, so quite, quite a few players, and it doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon. Um, Awar, of course, who I guess is, has some baggage as well, but okay. So they they are making moves and it's fine. But the bigger thing is, I it's just like what what are we doing? Not much. So I don't know. I I, I was talking to Costa about this, and I think the club's plan essentially was like with Nottingham Forest coming up, like all of our resource and attention needs to make sure they stay up, and we're in this disaster. We have Pedro Martins holding down the ship. He'll get Olympiacos the championship. He'll get us a decent run in Europe. And then we can rebalance things out next season. And then 4-0 with Maccabi Haifa happen. The team's a disaster. And they're like, oh, fucking shit. You know, so there, there's been a whole kind of reorganization at um, the club. Supposedly new sporting directors coming in. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Well, looking at your current situation, where do you see yourselves finishing? Because Good the, the reason I ask is the reason I ask is because we played Ajax in a in a friendly a few weeks ago, and look, we mm-hmm. haven't been very good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was very impressed by the the energy and the aggression that they showed just in a mm-hmm. friendly. And um, their head coach looks like he knows what he's doing. Proper Argentinian, you know. They signed yeah. they signed that lad on loan from Celta Vigo, scored a cracking goal against us. Uh, but their movement in the final third was, was scary. And I know mm. the other team in, in Athens, a team that plays in green as well, um, they've got a, a very yeah. good manager who did they, well at Arboyle. Uh, yes. So, Jovanovic is loved by their fans too. Um, and, and there was a comment too. Uh, they're signing Bernard, who used to play for Everton, as well as... Uh, well, the Brazilian? Yes. The Brazilian, Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, one. he's coming in from I don't really know the the what, Forest is signing him. No, no, no. Bernard is signing with Panathinaikos. So Oh right, oh god. Oh. Yeah, and so you have Nolan here saying I can Panathinaikos are the favorites for the league. What I will say is um they don't have any European football to worry about as well. We're gonna have whatever the fuck we we have, we'll have. Um 
but also I don't think they have a lot of depth either of them. Um, and we I feel like we say this every year, like Bonathinakos is coming back, they're rebuilding. Ike is coming back. It, to be fair, Ike has the new stadium as well. They're coming into in October or September. So it's kind of like they have this momentum. They have tons of season tickets are sold out for the new stadium. So maybe that's something that drives them to it. I really can't say. Like, I I, I don't know. I think what about it's going to have... Aris? Aris are very good as well. They're very yeah. good. I uh, They signed Manu Garcia, Gervinho, Andre Gray... Andre, not Amari, Andre Gray, the striker of Watford. Um, They're a good team defensively. They're very poor, but we'll see. Uh, Pauk is a disaster. That's one thing I think maybe Olympiacos doesn't need to worry about, surprisingly, is Pauk. I don't think they've had the best summer. Seems like there's some internal problems, so we'll see. Uh, there was internal problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's internal problems. Um, I know Savidis was in Greece for the first time in years or months, and there was an article in the papers about it. Like, Savidis is back in Greece, and he wasn't arrested. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. The The main point is uh, Olympiakos needs to go through tomorrow, go through tomorrow, go through next week and basically... <laughs> make the whole signings for the whole summer and all the departures in a week. Essentially, uh, that's the situation where we're at. And um, I was talking to Costa about it. I think they have signings lined up and agreements with the players. So if we make Europa League, you come in, right? It's like you've signed on the dotted line. If we make it, ooh, even if, like, let's say we go in Cyprus and we win big tomorrow, I doubt it happens. Maybe the signings start coming in by that point. But I expect it by... As soon as um, we we have clarity next week, I think the signings start pouring in. But yeah, do you know what? I think your situation is similar to Amone's in the sense that no one at the club is giving you guys any answers. The communication is minimal. Oh, no, no, and no, it's no. almost That's as if yeah, yeah. Well, this, this is it. You, you just need to know where you guys stand. And while you don't blame the board or whoever's making the decisions, you don't blame them for not saying anything. It's like you pay for your season tickets, you pay for travel, you pay for this, you support your club, you buy merchandise, yada, yada, yada. And yet here you are, league title winners, champions, what was it, two, three years on the bounce at the moment now, if I'm not mistaken? Three, three, three years. Right? Three years. And yet now you're at risk of finishing third? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Even fourth, yeah. if, if you, you know what I mean? So you're thinking, what, what's going on here? Like, are we going to bring in players? You've changed the manager, but is as that... Has that change happened too late? You know, yeah, indeed. But has, then again, yeah. this time next season, you might be talking about you know Champions League football. You, you exactly. Just never know football you know, you have just no idea. Know. the 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 big thing is the club has no stability at the moment, and we have. I was quite upset after losing four 0 with uh, Haifa, Maccabi Haifa, that the club didn't come out and release a message. One, I thought they deserved to refund the tickets of the fans. That's my opinion. A lot of it is. Also, like you pay in cash for a ticket. We've all done that. You go to the ticket booth, you pay cash, and then you grab your ticket. It's not really, it's like not very clear. But personally, I would have said the next game is free. Like you you don't have to pay for a ticket. Also, I wanted a statement coming out of uh, from, from the board basically saying like, this was a disgrace. This will never happen again, blah, 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 blah. And that didn't happen. So 
I was disappointed. There was no clarity on what's going to happen. No one from the board came out and really said what what is the next steps here. So, yeah. So I I don't know. I I think it really has let them down because the way Olympiacos really communicates with the fans is through one or two journalists. We know their names. I already said one of them. And they basically write stories about players, about what the club's doing, what's going on at training. And that's how they communicate with the fans. But it's like, this is so fucking 2003, like 1990s. Like, (laughs) be real with us. Like, (laughs) come out and put a face to everything. Like, be... Because we were told at the end of... uh, uh, what's it called of of last season uh, we know what to do we're going to be in the champions League group stage we're fixing this we all know the football hasn't been good like transfers are coming we're now august 17th out of champions league no real yep. good transfers and yeah so it's not great and I, we're just gonna have to see it's gonna be a rebuilding year it's gonna be really hard for the fans this season and so I think the club just needs to kind of settle uh, what's it? expectations kind of needs to set expectations. be like, this is going to be a rebuilding year. Everyone don't expect too much. Okay. Like we're really shit. Um, maybe even well, at least lower you, at least you guys prices. can say you're rebuilding. At least you guys can say you're rebuilding because we've yeah. needed a rebuild for the past two years. And yet we're still sitting on our hands. In fact, yeah. we've been sitting on our hands for so long. So long. Our fingers are up our asses for fuck's sake. But anyway, yeah, so we 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 had the same problem. We we needed a rebuild for a while now. Um, we've been papering over the cracks, I think you could say. So let's. But there's just not enough time for a rebuild. A rebuild happens in April when the season's over, or in May when you're getting into the preseason. It's August seventeenth. Like, what rebuild are you going to do? I guess with this new World Cup, what you can do is bring in a shit ton of players, sell players, and be like. We're going to hold on for dear life this first half of the season and basically run a second training camp in October, November. And that's going to be a season reboot. You know what I mean? I think that's something you could do. I, But but someone needs to offer clarity. There's got to be, like, be okay, some positives, you know. man. There's got to be some yeah. positive, surely. That, that's the positive. It, the positive Come is on. that that's, there's changes in the backroom staff. Modesto is gone. Thank God. Pedro Martins is gone. Thank God. And now we have uh, Fournier, not Evan Fournier of the New York Knicks, but Fournier from OGC Nice, uh, the football club in France. He's coming in to be the new technical director of the club. And yeah, and Carlos Corberan seems quite competent. He seems quite good. We're going to have to see. And uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Well, look, he, he did a very, very good job at Huddersfield. Don't forget, he didn't spend a penny, man. Yeah, no, I, I have, as much as I was trolling him a bit, like, I personally think he's a very good, very, very good coach. I'm excited to see what he does. So, yeah. There you go. But we'll see. There's a comment here about, you know, Cypriot football um, and the, the lack of money. The thing is, with, with Cypriot football, the, the money is, is coming in thick and fast now. Buffer, mm. I've got a, a very rich owner. In fact, they appointed Mendieta as their sporting director recently. Uh, Aris and Limassol have got a, a very rich owner. Upwell, fair enough, they've got a big financial problem, but they're mm. finding money from somewhere. Omonia, okay, we, we're still in debt, but the, the debt is being controlled. Um, I'm not see hardly ever have any financial difficulties. So the, the money is there, and I think separate teams now are looking at their structures and thinking, we really need to 
invest in youth, but yet still bring in players who are who can perform regardless of their age. Uh, and I think long gone are the days where we're signing 35, 36 year olds regularly, you know. Mm. Um, but you guys seem the, the... to be able to do it. At Ammonia, you guys had a few youth candidates, including Luizo and yeah, but Jun- you know, a lot has happened. Yeah, well, Johnny's Johnny's has gone to MLS. Yeah, I, I know, the... but it seemed like the model was being kicked off by Henning Berg there, and you guys. No, it started, it started before. It started uh. before. It started before yeah. Berg because you know we we had a big restructure five six years ago uh, just before mm. Fred Berg came in um, from uh, from Denmark. And he and the, the rest of the, the boys there, they, they restructured everything and they figured, well, you know, we're one of the biggest, if not the biggest club on the island. We really yeah. need to um, take advantage of it. And they, yeah. they worked hard. We've got a whole heap of youngsters coming through now. I mean, our, our first team squad, we've got how many kids from the academy? Hmm. Crikey, Loizu, uh, Sava, Zefki, we've got Asimeno, we've got Humble, Humble. He's also... Who Gagu, Gagu. yeah, we've got Gagu as yeah. well. So that there's there's a lot of youngsters breaking through, but again, you can't for me, you can't stay in Cyprus, you know, um la- later than 1920 because mm-hmm. your development will be will be stunted. And I think that's the problem that we've got with Loza at the moment. He wants to go. There's been an offer from a Dutch team. All right, the club don't feel the offer is is good enough, but I don't think they're looking for realistic money. I think I don't think the valuation is realistic enough. And mm. if there is a Dutch team that's come in for him for let's say a million and a half, let him go. I mean, we yeah. pride ourselves on our on our youth uh, academy. It's like I said on our podcast. Granted, I understand the business side of things where you want to sell the player for as much as you possibly can. I mean, Loiser's dad went on Facebook Live to talk to someone, and he said that Henningberg told. Uh, or wanted to keep the lad for as long as possible because he'll be a five million pound player. We'd be lucky to get five hundred mm. grand for him at the moment, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, so what, what they're doing is they're shitting on the youth staff that been coaching these players, bringing them through, and you're shitting mm. on them because you're saying, okay, well, we want to promote youngsters and and talk about us having the best academy on the island, but when yeah. teams come in for them. We don't want to sell them for cheap because they're separate players. Since when did yeah. the separate player ever leave Cyprus for three, four, five million pounds? What so did he? How long? How much did he leave to go to Copenhagen for? A million, two million? Yeah. Pretty much it. The rest yeah. of them, you know, you got to be realistic about these Free things. And, oh, and yeah. yeah, exactly, man. It's 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 just greed, man. It's greed. That's what it is. It's greed. But mm. what you need to do is you need to set the base for transfers. And I thought Olympiakos did this really well in the past. They would let players go for... Even Chimikas, they let him go for 13 million euros. You kind of let them go even though mm. it's not the highest price you would want. And we, and you build up a base and those guys do well. And it's like, oh, where did this guy come from? Oh, he came from Olympiakos. Let's look at other players from Olympiakos. And you slowly start building a base of players who've gone abroad and done something, right? Um but you've got academies Olympiacos. throughout the world, though, don't you? Don't you have an, uh, an academy in yeah. America? You can ask uh, Adi. He's like uh, on the board of the Washington DC Academy of Olympiacos. Yeah. So, well, this there's is it, multiple. With... There's like there's an academy in Canada. There's academy in New York. There's academy in Chicago. There's one in Washington DC. And that's just the U.S. There's academy in Germany and right. Dubai. And there you uh, go. So you cast. Everywhere. You're casting the net wide. You're casting the net mm-hmm. wide. 
So not only are you getting potentially players from other countries, you're yeah. also potentially getting a fan base from other countries. And again, this is what goes back to what I said on our podcast months ago. When Johnny's left to go to MLS, instead of sitting down with you know uh, Sporting KC and say, right, you've got one of our players, come and look at our academy. Let's do some business together. Let's let's have a like a I don't know an affiliation or some kind yeah. of collaboration where you know we can send some of our our teenagers 14 15 year olds to the united states and they can train with you guys for a bit not work obviously because of green card issues or whatever yeah. you call it but you have that kind of relationship where at least you can see you can showcase some of your talent so that in a couple yeah. of years time if they have developed to a certain level that club can come back and say right this player how's he getting on we see how he's how he's doing well, let's let's do some business but they don't yeah. think of the bigger picture in cyprus man they're so yeah. backward and again it frustrates me because the clubs that have got foreign owners, they're light years ahead of everyone else from social media to marketing mm. to PR to everything. Whereas our club, yeah. you know, American business owner, Cypriot, hands on his ass, man. Like, come on, man. It's on. PR, social media, don't get us started. Like, it's something we're quite passionate about. Also, marketing, also language, using English, using French, using Spanish, doing things like that. Um that's something we we are quite, we we honestly like one of our opinions is like they need to hire five to 10 25 year olds at Olympiacos media department and just like have them make graphics have them make things content in English have them do interviews with player you know you see like any modern club and they have like a journalist on the club who like goes up and like interviews the players like in training they're like hey how's training been and they upload it on the team's YouTube so fans can see like how players are and blah 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 Olympiacos can't even produce like an injury list like we find out players are injured from like the two journalists I mentioned. So it's like, that's the injury list. But anyway. Well, mate, do you, do you know the funny thing is, right? I was banging on about Omonia's YouTube channel for months and months. And then I, I completely lost my shit a few weeks ago. It was during preseason. Uh, and I said, they can do so much with their social media. All it takes is to sit down two players and just ask some funny questions, you know. Yeah. Who or give them like the it. whiteboard or something. Be like, yeah, blah, blah, you know? blah. And then they write it. And it's like, okay. And, um, yeah. you know, people were messaging in the in the chat saying, you know, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. You know, other clubs do it. Why not us? Lo and behold, a couple of days later, I wanted to not release one, but they released two videos with the suggestions that we made. Not exactly the same content. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But with the, the same premise. And you're thinking, yeah. why didn't you do this? Like last year, the year before, when we won the title, you could have done yeah. that. You could have done it when we won the cup, but you know we win yeah. the cup, and the club go on LinkedIn and they put one image. Oh, we won the cup, but then we get a sponsor with a liquid liquidity liquid. I can't even say the word liquidity mm-hmm. company, and they do a twelve minute video with a, a, a tour <clears throat> of their office talking to this. I don't care about this shit, and you're slapping yeah. the fans in the face yeah, yeah. because instead no. of you know it's, it's ridiculous. Man. It's basically PR too. I remember when we played PSV Eindhoven. Uh, uh, you know, like it's just, yeah, it, it's like very different uh, to 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 the social media that's the same. and it's a big deal. People say, oh, it's no big deal. Who gives a shit? Like it does. It is a big deal. It's it is a huge a big deal, deal, man. It, it's, it's in football and modern you're... football, social media, PR, um, marketing your players, marketing personalities is a really big deal. So I know it's a bit off topic what we're talking about. So maybe we'll no. we'll end up. By no, just going that, that, back, 
yeah it's and, not off topic because it goes hand in hand with what you said about the uh, true, progress yeah. and even if you look at nottingham forest's pr like nottingham forest does fantastic pr um media relations interviews with players new signings graphics videos they announced Freuler with this completely like beautiful videography and it's like why don't we do something like that at olympiacos for conrad de la fuente he came in to olympiacos like let's do something cool for him but they ask him one question and that's it. Anyway, I don't want to go on all night. It's it's a work night. I also have work tomorrow morning. Uh, well, just just don't mention Thomas Partey to to Forest's new head of media. Let's, let's not go into that. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I honestly I don't know anything about Thomas Partey. Old Pelkos takes up most of my day. <laughs> so, uh, Stell, I'll ask you for your your score prediction for tomorrow and overall for the tie. You think Old Pelkos goes through? You think they're good enough? At this point, I, I look. I haven't seen enough of Olympia goals. I saw the, the bits of the first leg uh, against was it Slovan? Was it Bratislava? Was it you played? I can't remember. Slovan Bratislava. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I saw bits of the first leg uh, at that Ganeskagi, and you guys were abject to say the least. Second leg, you guys played much better, I believe. Anyway, there seemed to mm. be a, a system there, especially. Um, Defending, I noticed that you guys were kind of defending in a 4-4-2, but getting forward in a 4-2-3-1 or even a 4-3-3. So you can see there's some structure being implemented there. I don't know if there's been any behind the behind closed doors matches that have been played by you guys to get some fitness up. No, nothing like that. No, okay, fair no, enough. No. Um, but given that Catalan's just come in at Abolon, again, I don't know what kind of system he's going to play. They played like a 4-4-2 against us. He yeah. could play that against you. Again, still with their injuries that they have, the new signings that they have, it'll be very difficult for me to say I'll put my hat on this result. But since you've yeah. asked, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, uh, I'll say one nil Olympiago's first leg and two nil Olympiago's second leg. Again, I'm surprised I'm... you said because I, I just can't see Olympiago's keeping a clean sheet, like because the players can't run after the 75th minute and they're mentally so tired. They can barely do anything. Well, so I'm just, you saw the goals of Slovan Bratislava and they're not goals like built up, beautiful play. It was literally just like tired legs, tired minds, even like don't even close out, don't even mark. Um, so I, I just don't know how we keep a clean sheet, to be honest. I, we'll, we'll see. Stranger but, things have happened. So I'm going to say, I'm going to just say, Similar results, Slovan Bratislava, maybe 2-2. I think El Arabi has so much class. And then I think we pick up another goal off of just them not being very good, maybe. And I think we leak goals. I think Olympiacos leaks a ton of goals. So I, I think we concede one or two at least tomorrow. So wow, that's, okay. that's all I've got. Okay. That's all Where's I've the first, got. Is the first, leg, first leg in Cyprus, yeah? Yeah, tomorrow night okay. in Cyprus. Okay. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully everything goes well. Hopefully, not <laughs> everyone, uh, yeah, is mad because of my negativity. I'm back on the podcast, so that's what you get. I know Costa <laughs> and Costa, Costa, Times Squared were like ready to pop open the champagne after beating Slovan Bratislava, which, fair enough, was a huge achievement given like <laughs> the manager had been around for two weeks and we looked like shit. So, 
fair enough. But I'm bringing us back to reality. Hopefully, we see something from Olympiacos. Carlos Cobran has another week with these players. Hopefully, he's got some more ideas. And really, that's it, guys. Um, I do, it, podcast gone for an hour and a half. I think the longest preview we've ever done, really. Um, so <laughs> on that note, have me on, mate. yeah, <laughs> no, but it's fair. We got into some other conversations, um, interesting stuff. And on that note, guys, uh, thank you so much for sticking around and listening to the Gates Heaven International. As always, if you can, please do like and subscribe if you like the content. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow night. Maybe you hit the subscribe, you hit the bell. So you remember to join us tomorrow night live or in all of the podcast platforms. Some of you on YouTube may not know that, but all of these episodes go live on podcast audio to the people listening on audio. Good evening. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Um, and yeah, drop us even a rating on those platforms. I know Spotify and Apple lets you review podcasts that also helps us. So please do that. If you listen on audio platforms. And on that note, good night, everyone. Um, hopefully, we're talking tomorrow night after an Olympiacos win. God willing, fingers crossed. As I said earlier, inshallah. Um, talk to you guys tomorrow. This was the Gate 7 International Podcast. Ciao, ciao. Oh, 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 oh,